the complete works of Winnie the Pooh. The immortal stories from the books Winnie the Pooh and The House at Pooh Corner and poems from When We Were Very Young and Now We Are Six by Alan Alexander Milne. Presented for radio, unabridged, in 18 parts. Produced by Christopher Toyne and performed by Peter Dennis. Part 8, in which Christopher Robin gives a poo party and we say goodbye. Contradiction An introduction is to introduce people. But Christopher Robin and his friends, who have already been introduced to you, are now going to say goodbye. So this is the opposite. When we asked Pooh what the opposite of an introduction was, he said, The what of a what? Which didn't help us as much as we had hoped. But luckily, Al kept his head and told us that the opposite of an introduction, my dear Pooh, was a contradiction. And as he is very good at long words, I am sure that's what it is. Why we are having a contradiction is because last week when Christopher Robin said to me, what about that story you were going to tell me about what happened to Pooh when I happened to say very quickly, what about nine times 107? And when we had done that one, we had one about cows going through a gate to a minute, and there are 300 in the field, so how many are left after an hour and a half? We find these very exciting, and when we have been excited quite enough, we curl up and go to sleep. And Pooh, sitting wakeful a little longer on his chair by our pillow, thinks grand thoughts to himself about nothing, until he too closes his eyes and nods his head and follows us on tiptoe into the forest. There still we have magic adventures, more wonderful than any I've told you about. But now, when we wake up in the morning, they are gone before we can catch hold of them. How did the last one begin? One day, when Pooh was walking in the forest, there were 107 cows on a gate. No, you see, we've lost it. It was the best, I think. Well, here are some of the other ones, all that we shall remember now. But of course it isn't really goodbye, because the forest will always be there, and anybody who is friendly with bears can find it. Alan Alexander Milne In which Christopher Robin gives a poo party, and we say goodbye. One day, when the sun had come back over the forest, bringing with it the scent of May, and all the streams of the forest were tinkling happily to find themselves their own pretty shape again. And the little pools lay dreaming of the life they had seen and the big things they had done. And in the warmth and quiet of the forest, the cuckoo was trying over his voice carefully and listening to see if he liked it. And wood pigeons were complaining gently to themselves in their lazy, comfortable way that it was the other fellow's fault. But it didn't matter very much. On such a day as this, Christopher Robin whistled in a special way he had. An owl came flying out of the hundred-acre wood to see what was wanted. Owl, said Christopher Robin, 
I'm going to give a party. Oh, you are, are you? <laughs> said Owl. And it's to be a special sort of party because it's because of what Pooh did when he did what he did to save Piglet from the flood. Oh, that's what it's for, is it? <laughs> said Owl. Yes, so will you tell Pooh as quickly as you can and all the others because it will be tomorrow? Oh, it will, will it? <laughs> said Owl, still being as helpful as possible. So will you go and tell them, Owl? Owl tried to think of something very wise to say, but couldn't, so he flew off to tell the others. And the first person he told was Pooh. Pooh, <laughs> he said, Christopher Robin is giving a party. Oh, said Pooh. And then seeing that Owl expected him to say something else, he said, Will there be those little cake things with pink sugar icing? Owl felt that it was rather beneath him to talk about little cake things with pink sugar icing. So he told Pooh exactly what Christopher Robin had said and flew off to Eeyore. A party for me, thought Pooh to himself. How grand! And he began to wonder if all the other animals would know that it was a special Pooh party and if Christopher Robin had told them about the floating bear and the brain of Pooh and all the wonderful ships he had invented and sailed on and he began to think how awful it would be if everybody had forgotten about it and nobody quite knew what the party was for. And the more he thought like this, the more the party got muddled in his mind like a dream when nothing goes right. And the dream began to sing itself over in his head until it became a sort of song. It was an anxious Pooh song. Three cheers for Pooh. For who? For Pooh. Why, what did he do? I thought you knew. He saved his friend from a wetting. Three cheers for Bear. For where? For Bear he couldn't swim, but he rescued him. He rescued who? Oh, listen, do. I am talking of Pooh. Of who? Of Pooh. I'm sorry, I keep forgetting. Well, Pooh was a bear of enormous brain. Just say it again. Of enormous brain. Of enormous what? Well, he ate a lot. And I don't know if he could swim or not, but he managed to float on a sort of boat. On a sort of what? Well, a sort of pot. So now let's give him three hearty cheers. So now let's give him three hearty witches and hope he'll be with us for years and years and grow in health and wisdom and riches. Three cheers for Pooh. For who? For Pooh. Three cheers for Bear. For where? For Bear. Three cheers for the wonderful Winnie the Pooh. Just tell me, somebody, what did he do? While this was going on inside him, Owl was talking to Eeyore. Eeyore, <laughs> said Owl, Christopher Robin is giving a party. Very interesting said Eeyore. I suppose they will be sending me down the odd bits which got trodden on. 
kind and thoughtful. Not at all. Don't mention it. There is an invitation for you. What's that like? An invitation. Yes, I heard you. Who dropped it? This isn't anything to eat. It's asking you to the party. <laughs> Tomorrow. Eeyore shook his head slowly. You mean Piglet, the little fellow with the excited ears. That's Piglet. I'll tell him. No, no, <laughs> no, said Owl, getting quite fussy. It's you. Are you sure? Of course I'm sure. Christopher Robin said, all of them, tell all of them. All of them except Eeyore. All of them, <laughs> said Owl sulkily. Ah, uh, said Eeyore. A mistake, no doubt. But still, I shall come. Only don't blame me if it rains. But it didn't rain. Christopher Robin had made a long table out of some long pieces of wood, and they all sat round it. Christopher Robin sat at one end, and Pooh sat at the other. And between them on one side were Owl and Eeyore and Piglet, and between them on the other side were Rabbit and Roo and Kanga. And all Rabbit's friends and relations spread themselves about on the grass, and waited hopefully in case anybody spoke to them, or dropped anything, or asked them the time. It was the first party to which Roo had ever been, and he was very excited. As soon as ever they had sat down, he began to talk. Hello, Pooh, he squeaked. Hello, Roo, said Pooh. Roo jumped up and down in his seat for a little while and then began again. Hello, Piglet, he squeaked. Piglet waved a paw at him, being too busy to say anything. Hello, Eeyore, said Roo. Eeyore nodded gloomily at him. It will rain soon. You see if it doesn't, he said. Roo looked to see if it didn't, and it didn't. So he said, Hello, Owl. And Owl said, oh, Hello, my little fellow, <laughs> in a kindly way, and went on telling Christopher Robin about an accident which had nearly happened to a friend of his, whom Christopher Robin didn't know. And Kanga said to Roo, Drink up your milk first, dear, and talk afterwards. So Roo, who was drinking his milk, tried to say that he could do both at once, and had to be patted on the back and dried for quite a long time afterwards. When they had all nearly eaten enough, Christopher Robin banged on the table with his spoon, and everybody stopped talking and was very silent, except Roo, who was just finishing a loud attack of hiccups and trying to look as if it was one of Rabbit's relations. This party, said Christopher Robin, is a party because of what someone did, and we all know who it was, and it's his party because of what he did, and I've got a present for him, and here it is. Then he felt about a little and whispered, Where is it? While he was looking, Eeyore coughed in an impressive way and began to speak. <laughs> Friends, he said, including oddments, it is a great pleasure, or perhaps I had better say, it has been a pleasure so far to see you at my party. 
What I did was nothing. Any of you, except Rabbit and Owl and Kanga, would have done the same. Oh, and Pooh. My remarks do not, of course, apply to Piglet and Roo, because they are too small. Any of you would have done the same. But it just happened to be me. It was not, I need hardly say, with an idea of getting what Christopher Robin is looking for now. And he put his front leg to his mouth and said in a loud whisper, Try under the table. That I did what I did. But because I feel that we should all do what we can to help. I feel that we should all... Said Roo accidentally. Roo, dear, said Kanga reproachfully. Was it me? Asked Roo, a little surprised. What's he you're talking about? Piglet whispered to Pooh. I don't know, said Pooh rather dolefully. I thought it was your party. I thought it was once, but I suppose it isn't. I'd sooner it was yours than yours, said Piglet. So would I, said Pooh. <laughs> said Roo again. As I was saying, said Eeyore loudly and sternly, as I was saying when I was interrupted by various loud sounds, I feel that... Here it is, cried Christopher Robin excitedly. Pass it down to silly old Pooh. It's for Pooh. For Pooh? said Eeyore. Of course it is. The best bear in all the world. I might have known, said Eeyore. After all, one can't complain. I have my friends. Somebody spoke to me only yesterday. And was it last week or the week before that Rabbit bumped into me and said, Bother! The social round! Always something going on. Nobody was listening, for they were all saying, Open it, Pooh. What is it, Pooh? I know what it is. No, you don't. And other helpful remarks of this sort. And, of course, Pooh was opening it as quickly as ever he could, but without cutting the string, because you never know when a bit of string might be useful. At last, it was undone. When Pooh saw what it was, he nearly fell down. He was so pleased. It was a special pencil case. There were pencils in it marked B for bear, and pencils marked HB for helping bear, and pencils marked BB for brave bear. There was a knife for sharpening the pencils, and India rubber for rubbing out anything which you had spelt wrong, and a ruler for ruling lines for the words to walk on, and inches marked on the ruler in case you wanted to know how many inches anything was and blue pencils, and red pencils, and green pencils, for saying special things in blue, and red, and green. And all these lovely things were in little pockets of their own, in a special case, which shut with a click when you clicked it. And they were all for Pooh. Oh, said Pooh. Oh, <gasps> Pooh, said everybody else except Eeyore. Thank you.
growled Pooh. But Eeyore was saying to himself, This writing business, pencils and what not, overrated if you ask me. Silly stuff. Nothing in it. Later on, when they'd all said goodbye and thank you to Christopher Robin, Pooh and Piglet walked home thoughtfully together in the golden evening, and for a long time they were silent. When you wake up in the morning, Pooh, said Piglet at last, what's the first thing you say to yourself? What's for breakfast? said Pooh. What do you say, Piglet? I say, I wonder what's going to happen exciting today, said Piglet. Pooh nodded thoughtfully. It's the same thing, he said. And what did happen? asked Christopher Robin. When? Next morning? I don't know. Or could you think and tell me and Pooh sometime? If you wanted it very much. Pooh does, said Christopher Robin. He gave a deep sigh, picked his bear up by the leg, and walked off to the door, trailing Winnie the Pooh behind him. At the door he turned and said, Coming to see me have my bath? I might, I said. Was Pooh's pencil case any better than mine? It was just the same, I said. He nodded and went out. And in a moment I heard Winnie the Pooh. Bump, bump, bump. Going up the stairs behind him. Wrong house. I went into a house, and it wasn't a house. It has big steps and a great big hall, but it hasn't got a garden, a garden, a garden. It isn't like a house at all. I went into a house, and it wasn't a house. It has a big garden and a great high wall, but it hasn't got a may tree. A may tree, a may tree. It isn't like a house at all. I went into a house, and it wasn't a house. Slow white petals from the may tree fall, but it hasn't got a blackbird. A blackbird, a blackbird. It isn't like a house at all. I went into a house. And I thought it was a house. I could hear from the may tree the blackbird call. But nobody listened to it. Nobody liked it. Nobody wanted it at all.
growing up. I've got shoes with grown-up laces. I've got knickers and a pair of braces. I'm all ready to run some races. Who's coming out with me? I've got a nice new pair of braces. I've got shoes with new brown laces. I know wonderful padly places. Who's coming out with me? Every morning, my new graces. Thank you, God, for my nice braces. I can tie my new brown laces. Who's coming out with me? King Hilary and the Beggar Man. Of Hilary the Great and Good, they tell a tale at Christmas time. I've often thought the story would be prettier, but just as good if almost anybody should translate it into rhyme. So I have done the best I can, for lack of some more learned man. Good King Hilary said to his Chancellor, proud Lord Willoughby, Lord High Chancellor, Run to the wicket gate, quickly, quickly, run to the wicket gate and see who is knocking. It may be a rich man, sea-born from Araby, bringing me peacocks, emeralds and ivory. It may be a poor man, travel-worn and weary, bringing me oranges to put in my stocking. Proud Lord Willoughby, Lord High Chancellor, laughed both loud and free. Ha! 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 I've served Your Majesty man to man since first Your Majesty's reign began, and I've often walked, but I never, never ran, never, 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 quoth he. Good King Hilary said to his Chancellor, Proud Lord Willoughby, Lord High Chancellor, Walk to the wicket gate quickly, quickly, Walk to the wicket gate and see who is knocking. It may be a captain, hawk-nosed, bearded, Bringing me gold dust, spices and sandalwood. It may be a scullion, carefree, whistling, Bringing me sugar plums to put in my stocking. Proud Lord Willoughby, Lord High Chancellor, Laughed both loud and free. Ha, ha, ha! I've served in the palace since I was four, and I'll serve in the palace a many years more, and I've opened a window, but never a door, never, 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 quoth he. Good King Hilary said to his Chancellor, proud Lord Willoughby, Lord High Chancellor, open the window quickly, quickly, open the window and see who is knocking. It may be a waiting maid, apple-cheeked, dimpled, sent by her mistress to bring me greeting. It may be children, anxious, whispering, bringing me cobnuts to put in my stocking. Proud Lord Willoughby, Lord High Chancellor, laughed both loud and free. Ha! <laughs> I'll serve your majesty till I die, as Lord Chancellor, not a spy to peep from lattices. No, not I, never, 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 quoth he. Good King Hilary looked at his Chancellor, proud Lord Willoughby, Lord High Chancellor. He said no word to his stiff-set Chancellor, but ran to the wicket-gate to see who was knocking. He found no rich man trading from Araby. He found no captain, blue-eyed, weather-tanned. He found no waiting-maid sent by her mistress, but only a beggar-man with one red stocking. Good King Hilary looked at the beggar-man and laughed him three times three. <laughs> and he turned that beggar-man round about. Your thews are strong, and your arm is stout. Come, throw me a Lord High Chancellor out, and take his place, quoth he. Of Hilary the good and great, old wives at Christmas time relate this tale, which points at any rate two morals on the way. The first, whatever fortune brings, don't be afraid of doing things especially, of course, for kings. It also seems to say, but not so wisely, 
He who begs with one red stocking on his legs will be as sure as eggs are eggs, a chancellor some day. Missing. Has anybody seen my mouse? I opened his box for half a minute just to make sure he was really in it, and while I was looking he jumped outside. I tried to catch him. I tried. I tried. I think he's somewhere about the house. Has anyone seen my mouse? Uncle John, have you seen my mouse? Just a small sort of mouse, a dear little brown one. He came from the country. He wasn't a town one, so he'll feel all lonely in a London street. Why, what could he possibly find to eat? He must be somewhere. I'll ask Aunt Rose. Have you seen a mouse with a waffly nose? Oh, somewhere about. He's just got out. Hasn't anybody seen my mouse? Forgotten. Lords of the nursery wait in a row. Five on the high wall and four on the low. Big kings and little kings, brown bears and black, all of them waiting till John comes back. Some think that John boy is lost in the wood. Some say he couldn't be, some say he could. Some think that John boy hides on the hill, some say he won't come back, some say he will. High was the sun when John went away. Here they've been waiting all through the day, big bears and little bears, white kings and black, all of them waiting till John comes back. Lords of the nursery looked down the hill. Some saw the sheepfold, some saw the mill, some saw the roofs of the little grey town, and their shadows grew long as the sun slipped down. Gold between the poplars an old moon shows, silver up the starway the full moon rose, silver down the starway the old moon crept, and one by another the grey fields slept. Lords of the nursery, their still watch keep. They hear from the sheepfold the rustle of sheep. A young bird twitters and hides its head. A little wind suddenly breathes and is dead. Slowly and slowly dawns the new day. What's become of John Boy? No one can say. Some think that John Boy is lost on the hill. Some say he won't come back. Some say he will. What's become of John Boy? Nothing at all. He played with his skipping rope, he played with his ball, he ran after butterflies, blue ones and red, he did a hundred happy things, and then went to bed. The Complete Works of Winnie the Pooh Performed by Peter Dennis Based on the stage show Bother Music composed and conducted by Don Davis. Piano played by Gloria Chang and clarinet by Charles Boito. Production recorded and mixed by Jeff Sykes at KCRW Santa Monica. Executive producer Jacqueline Delorier. Radio production directed by Christopher Toyne. A co-production of KCRW and Bother LA Production.
You've just heard the complete works of Winnie the Pooh on ICANNHD2 and ICANNRadio.org. Unabridged recordings of the four Winnie the Pooh books can be found at downpour.com or by calling 1-855-369-6768.